1: The We Charity scandal seemed to reach a crescendo last week with appearances from both the Kielberger brothers and the Prime Minister. So far, the consensus seems to be that the brothers came across as smug, arrogant and dismissive, while the jury is out on Justin Trudeau. If you believe the timeline he put forward and the opposition conservatives do not, not only was he not involved in the decision to hand we this half a billion dollar program, but he tried to push back on it. He and Finance Minister Bill Morneau have repeatedly apologized for their failure to recuse themselves from the decision, though Trudeau insists that he was not in an actual conflict. And I am seeing more and more speculation that Morno will walk the plank, will be fired because of this. Let me give the numbers out. I'd like to hear from our audience four one six three six zero zero seven forty, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven. Forty, and now let's go to Jason, leader, conservative strategist, and president at Enterprise, and Bob Richardson, liberal strategist and senior counsel to National Public Relations. Hello, and thanks for being with us. Hi there, Libby. Hi, Bob. It's been it's been ages since we talked. So let's start with you. And you're a liberal. Um, how are you feeling about all of this?
2: Well, you know, this is not exactly the high water mark for the government, but uh, and it's a bit of an unforced error, but, um, you know, I don't think it's fatal by any means. I don't think there's any malfeasance here. I think there's been sloppiness on the part of the government. And also I'm going to say I think it's a little entitled. Sometimes these guys should be more focused on what the rules are. They think they're doing good work. Uh, And as a result of doing good work, uh, you know, geez, if if things get a little messy from time to time, so be it. Well, government doesn't work that way. So, uh, well, I don't think that there's anything here, um, you know, to to crush a government. Uh, At the same time, there's not a lot here to uh, stand up and applaud about either.
1: Jason?
3: This one wasn't good for a lot of different reasons. I think the worst part for Trudeau and his team is that it's pretty easily understandable for people. Like, the worst things of this scandal are actually sort of behind the scenes. They're hard to understand. The easiest thing to understand is his mom and his brother uh, were paid by a charity that he, it looks like, at least it appears to most people, that he went out of his way to to help in a a sort of way that... um, you know, it smells a little fishy to people. So, there's a couple of things. I thought the Kielbergers were very bad um, the other day. I thought they were like a little bit juvenile in the first half, and I thought they were a bit, a bit weirdly combative in the second half. I thought Mr. Trudeau. For the first hour, did a terrific job in terms of what he was trying to do. I thought his second hour uh, opened him up to, to some criticism, and I thought Ms. Telford was pretty solid as well. So, I'm, I'm not very far off where Bob is, to be honest, which is, this isn't their finest hour. In fact, it's quite so bad. I think Mr. Morneau might have to walk the plank. Um, I think the office, and he just... He, the whiff of entitlement is there. It's just you know, there's this rarefied air of of, of guys running around Toronto handing each other forty one thousand dollars vacations and then nine hundred million dollars programs that I think for the regular people will sort of look and say, oh, what the what the hell is this?
1: Well, yeah. And, uh,
3: it's, so not a good week for them. Not a good week at all.
1: I mean, you know, it's it's just uh, it, to me. Part of it speaks to the whole, I don't know, the raison d'etre of their regime. They're supposed to be in favor of the middle class, but really it's being run almost by these uh, lady bountiful type, really rich guys who, who have no concept of actually uh, what it's like for a person in the middle class. So I, that's, that's one aspect. And, and uh, I was saying this last week. At this point, what worries me almost more than the conflict of interest or lack thereof is the lack of competence. There were numerous red flags about we that a Google search would have uncovered. So what this is telling me is that no one in the civil service uncovered this, even after Trudeau presumably told them to cross the I's, uh, to cross the T's and dot the I's, and that nobody in the cabinet did either,
2: Bob? Yeah, and I I think that there's been uh, red flags on uh, these guys for uh, quite a period of time. Um, I've sat in the last 25 years on seven different either not-for-profit or public boards. And frankly, for a couple of years now, you've been hearing sort of of yeah. seeing the red flags a little about these guys on the issue of governance, on the issue of finances, um, and on the issue of transparency. And uh, if you talk to any of the leaders of of, uh, of major not-for-profits, um, they they've always thought uh, these guys were uh, at best playing fast and loose. And I think we've uh, we've seen uh, a number of examples of that. So I think um, government government as an institution should have done more due diligence and had they done more due diligence, we probably wouldn't have, they probably wouldn't have proceeded with them. Uh, And I think government needs to, and I say that in general because they operated both under liberal and conservatives uh, and the same civil service uh, under both Uh, government needs to get a little bit beyond the glitz and glamor sometimes and look, uh, and look at the engine, Um, uh, you know, uh, Uh, lift the hood and have a good look at the engine. I don't think government did a very good job at that um, over the last 10 years.
1: Well, I mean, never mind lifting the hood, Jason. I mean, one thing that is always a red flag in a charity is when you have mass resignations of the board, and that happened a month before, and and it wouldn't take a very deep examination to, to uncover that.
3: Yeah, like a couple of text phone text messages, a phone call, maybe one email. You've got it figured out, right? Like that is the most ridiculous thing of this whole thing is that you know you've got a bunch of people sitting in Ottawa saying, okay, we're gonna we want to get some youth involved. Maybe what about a volunteerism program? Sounds great. Okay, the idea that this group, you know. Uh, execu- you know, the, the, the chair of the board uh, is forced to quit. Most of the board are quit or resign. They're in breach of their bank covenants, or at least, or, or at least some of them. There's questions about their governance and, and culture. You know, and, and the idea that these guys is the idea that the, that the government came up with, it's just, it's just beyond comprehension. As, as soon as this was announced, really, or as soon as, as, soon as this was announced, People, I think, looked and said, like, what the heck is it? What, the, what are you doing? Like, this was one of those ones that, you know, like, there's times that you disagree with the government program, but they were they're doing a lot of things. The Ford government, the Trudeau government, every government across Canada was just trying to keep their head above water. I get it. But this one was so odd and, and off-putting, like a billion dollars managed by a sort of a charity with. You know, I mean, Craig Kielberger was on the debate commission named by Justin Trudeau, for goodness sake. It just, it just smelt so badly. And I think they've paid a hefty price for it. And, and if you believe Trudeau, he's not even that clear, close to these guys. But I just don't know why. And, and I don't know why they would have put themselves at such risk. That's the, the big mystery here.
1: Well, uh, clearly they didn't get it. And, and I, I can believe that, that Trudeau didn't get it. But his chief of staff should have known, shouldn't she, Bob?
2: I'm going to give these guys a little bit of a break. We're in the middle of a pandemic. They were launching about 12 or 15 programs, and they were all working 22 hours a day, both at the federal and at the provincial level. So uh, from what I can see, they've done a pretty good job managing that whole file. I just wanted to add one comment on to uh, Jason. Michelle Douglas, who was the chair who resigned, is well-known in Ottawa. She was, a, uh, she was a lawyer at the, the uh, Department of Justice She's a well-known uh, human rights activist in Ottawa, um, uh, graduate of Carleton University. I've known her for over 30 years, uh, and sort of, sort of, you know, seen as somebody who's uh, a Ms. Integrity. So that alone should have sent off, you know, signals to uh, in in Ottawa. It's not like she was some unknown figure nobody had ever heard of. So that even compounds it, in my opinion, a little bit more than uh, what what Chasen
1: was saying. Okay, let's take a call from Kate in Toronto. Hi, Kate, how are you? I'm, I'm fine, thanks. Hope everybody's safe. <laughs> My comment
4: is I hope uh, Mr. Morneau does not step down. I think he's a good finance minister, and it's a very difficult time for the government to be managing. And I'd just like to remind everybody that both Mr. Morneau and Mr. Tudor are not Mike Duffy, they're not Brian Mulrooney, and a few other politicians who were out to take bribes or um, fiddle the books, and that's just my comment today.
1: Thank you. Okay, Kate. We're not uh, we're 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 not going into the criminal part. Uh, you know, um, Kate's comment and uh, what I heard on Free for All Friday so far. Uh, you know the polls show that this has caused a, a fairly sizable drop in support for the liberals, but my own very anecdotal impression is that you know um, people who are liberals don't think it's a big deal, and people who are conservatives are are uh, taking it more to heart. Am I uh, right or wrong on that, Bob?
2: Yeah, I, look, I don't think this is fatal for the government by any means. And as I said, I don't think there's malfeasance. I thought the prime minister and his chief of staff did a pretty good job laying out uh, the, uh, the their view of things. And, and also it gave you a sense of, particularly from Katie Telford, how busy and active it had been in Ottawa. So I think they probably helped themselves uh, a little um uh, uh you know with uh with uh, being there before the house uh, the house committee the other thing is too these house committees I, I don't care who's in power they always tend to be a bit of a kangaroo court and i think that sort of stuff turns off a lot of the public too as well um i think they're excessively partisan um and as a result of that i don't think uh, necessarily some of the opposition helped themselves as much as they think they did
1: jason <laughs>
3: Sorry Libby I was just going to say the um I think Mr Trudeau is benefiting and will benefit continue to benefit through the the craziness that's happening in the south um for for quite some time this is the kind of scandal uh, the truth is might be fatal in a in a in a minority parliament if coronavirus wasn't happening if we weren't you know sort of going through this economic financial and health collapse and if uh you looked southward and and it wasn't such a you know, a disaster, a bizarre disaster down there. So I think he's benefiting quite a bit from the fact that when you look around you, nothing's real right now, nothing's normal. And so, you know, this sort of a, a few hundred thousand here or there, a few hundred million. Or a uh, few billion, know, like, maybe. It's hard to keep track of for a regular person who's who's dealing with some very difficult issues right now. So I think he's it's certainly benefiting from that. But I will say this. If you didn't like him before, and remember, Mr. Trudeau only got 32% in the last election, the lowest that's ever been gotten over 100 years by somebody who won an election for Prime Minister in Canada. If you didn't like him before, it's reminded you why you didn't like him. And that swift, that whiff of sort of arrogance and elitism uh, is not helping his brand at all.
1: We are talking to liberal strategist Bob Richardson, conservative strategist Jason Leader, and I'm going to start on the phones. We've got Helen in Toronto. Hello, Helen. Oh, hello. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome.
4: Go ahead. Uh, well, the timeline is what I'm trying to piece together, and I listened carefully to what Mr. Pierre Poiliever, the member of Parliament for Carlton, said, because he was directly investigating. Um, the Trudos, the Kielbergers, uh Mr. Trudeau anyway, and I know there are plans to investigate many more people. But the um, the timeline, there's been um, an emphasis on what happened after May 5th. And what I understand is that May 5th is very important. I think that money actually was deposited to the Kilburger We Charity, either on May 5th, uh, and my point is, that I think there has to be very close scrutiny, uh, sequestering of notes, uh, telephone record investigation, uh, and so on, on the date of May 5th and before May 5th. And there's so much emphasis now, which I think is a bit of um, a secondary, to emphasizing uh, what happened after May 5th
1: okay helen i'll uh put that to the panel and uh yeah the the question is that we was authorized to start spending money before this was approved by cabinet is 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 there anything untoward there Bob
2: you know what i I'd have to see what the agreements were what the contracts were you know um you know was this done with the civil servants um, um you know it it, it It would be highly unusual to start something without, you know, having a signed document, Um, you know, whether you're in the private or public sector. Um, I will, again, give them a little bit of a break because you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're trying to get a number of things up and running. So there may have been uh, some push there. Again, I just don't think there's any huge malfeasance here. I think there may have been sloppiness. Or even some stupidity, um, I, I would argue, on, uh, on on the vetting side, you know, about, by the public service, uh, and ultimately, ultimately the political side who didn't ask those questions. So, you know, I, it, do I think that there's some of that? Probably there is. Um, was there uh, malfeasance here? I don't think so.
1: Jason?
3: I think your caller. I'm sorry, I didn't catch her name. She's she's hit on to Calvin. where this is headed for the next couple of weeks, and 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 the 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 downside for an opposition party is that this this starts to get hard to understand. You know, Margaret Trudeau got five hundred thousand dollars or nearly five hundred thousand dollars in fees and, and expenses. That's easy to understand. Sophie Trudeau runs a, a podcast for the Kielbergers, That that's easy to understand. This sort of timeline is actually in some ways the most devastating pieces of information we have. And no, it's not devastating because anything was necessarily done wrong. It's devastating because people said that they didn't give the Kielbergers any sort of okay to start spending money. So you'll have us believe, I guess, that this organization, which is having trouble meeting its bank obligations, has just had its board of directors resign and has just fired hundreds of people, just took on a couple million dollars in, extra, in extra Expense because you know they, they 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 felt like they wanted to get the program up and running without any assurance that government was going to cover the expenses. No way. Nobody believes that, and and it's this sort of line that's being peddled. And I just don't understand why they're bothering to peddle it. I think they should just you know say yeah somebody told them um, you know this thing was going to go through cabinet. The problem that they've got, and again we're we're diving into the details, is it looks to me like Mr. Trudeau actually thought the Canada Corpse was going to do this thing was a little surprised his office in the civil service had already been negotiating with we had already told them to start spending some money and and that, you know they were stuck in early May already so but it really gets complicated Lily or Libby on how to how to do that and then how to bring that that out Poliev did a good job in the, in the committee but man it's it's a complicated issue for people to understand
1: yeah it, it, it certainly is that let's hear from Kathy in Toronto mm-hmm. hi Kathy. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you?
5: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you for this holiday Monday. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought this We Charity up. It is just driving me crazy. It's such a blatant misuse of taxpayers' dollars in the name of charity. And then Trito acts like he didn't know about his, mom, his wife and mother and brother getting paid. Of course, he doesn't know. How, how could he? And then we ha- I find out we have a lot of char- um, real estate in the Queen Street East area. Okay, that's lovely for them, but how is that, in fact, keeping, helping the um, underprivileged? How I don't understand. Their real estate moguls are helping the the underprivileged. I don't get the connection.
1: Okay, now you're saying that uh, you're a liberal, but this is putting you off them. I'm done
5: with it. Yeah, I've been three times. I think that's it. I mean, I looked the other way for the other two scandals. This one is because I've done a lot of work with youth. I work with the Herb Carnegie Future Aces. I did it voluntarily, didn't get paid a cent. I'm the chairwoman for the Believe to Achieve program and um, center that's in in the Jane Finch area. And I've been doing that for 10 years. I don't get paid for that. I do it because I care about our youth. I don't do it to get money or accolades or anything. So this is what this is it. This has nailed nailed me. I'm done.
1: Okay, Kathy. Thank you for that. You are. That was actually, uh, you know, pointed out as the original sin of this program. It's like you're paying people to volunteer. Well, volunteers don't get paid. That's the definition of, of volunteering. I mean. Just going back to that, you know, there, it seems to me that this was kind of a, a, a flaw, Bob. And I, I,
2: I think, um, I, I, and I think one could have a, a, a good discussion on that. I think the problem here, there's a disconnect with the WE program. Uh, I, I think when it started out, it had a very clear mandate. It knew what it wanted to do, and it went and did it. Fast forward a number of years to now. And you know, there's dozens of, of entities that are we entities. There is, you know, the the the, the uh, financial numbers are just simply not available. They're still not available for 2019. Um, there's uh, questionable issues related to governance. There's questionable issues related to transparency, and quite frankly, their treatment of the press the way that they treated Jesse Brown from Canada is unacceptable. So, you know, for a not-for-profit to be doing all those sort of things sort of sends out a lot of red flags. Uh, government should have been on top of that if weren't. Um, and and quite frankly, a number of people uh, who were funding the charity should have been on top of that if weren't. So I think, <clears throat> I think that is a big problem, and I can understand people who volunteer in the not-for-profit sector going, hang on, wait a minute here, this just doesn't pass the smell test.
1: Well, I, I want to take it back to the finance minister, and here's something that, you know, makes me question him. So his wife, who is one of the McCain's, uh, they're multimillionaires on both sides, but but ha- have made at least $100,000 worth of donations. I mean, not only were they not good stewards of the of Taxpayers' money on this, but I don't think they were very good stewards of their own money. I mean, you know, be- before I give any more than, you know, a few dollars to a charity, I take a good look at it and you know they were on this fancy five-star trip you, we we've seen reports in Canada Land from former staffers that said that on many of their overseas projects were on hold and that when donors came to visit they had to kind of drum things up but but you would think that if you had a six figures of donation into it you would be more on top of it. Uh, am I wrong there? Jason it's Libby,
2: his daughter works
3: there. like yeah. I have seen I have seen I have seen people step away from cabinet discussions or board of directors discussions for for you know perceived conflict of interest issues for very minor things. you know, it's a possibility that my company might benefit way down the line or whatever. Like this guy, Family works there for goodness' sakes. Forget about Trudeau for a second. He's got a daughter that works there. At a very minimum, when it comes to the cabinet cha- table, you sort of say, "Guys, I probably shouldn't be here for this discussion." It's like Bill Morneau somehow lost forty thousand dollars worth of expenses that was never billed to him. Of course, um, you know, in terms of one trip. I mean, the, the guy, what a—he just bumbled through this thing. And it, it's the idea, and 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 I, in some ways, there, I believe Bill Morneau. Like he doesn't miss the forty-one thousand dollars that he had to write, uh, you know, a check for last last week. He wouldn't really notice some of those things. But the truth is, it's one of the reasons why you know he's so out of touch that he wouldn't think that a company that employs or an organization that employs his daughter, that he's given charitable foundation for charitable charitable donations to, that he's been on personal trips with all over Africa was something nothing like he didn't even have to think about those things in order of making the decision that that benefited them to the tune of you know, $40 million is their take out of all this. It's just, he's so out of touch. It's, it's, it's comical.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting. I, I was talking to uh, Robin Sears of Ernst Cliff earlier this week, and his take is, is that, uh, you know, um, Morneau, Trudeau, they are convinced that they're good people trying to do good things. And, and uh, you know, that's that's why uh, a lot of this happened, Bob. Do you uh, see that?
2: Uh, look, I think I, I think there is some truth to that. Um, I also do think, um, and I'm not trying to offload the blame on this one because ultimately it is the, the folks who are elected who are responsible. Uh, I, I, I think, given the track record on some of these issues, uh, we need uh, both the fi- uh, the finance minister and the prime minister. Uh, need to strengthen their offices in terms of dealing with these issues there's clearly been a problem here and i think that this needs to be uh you know at the top of the uh uh at the top of the agenda not the bottom of the agenda and people need to be taking a real close look at this i i saw a friend who served uh, as a senior cabinet minister last week for dinner And he said regularly his staff would constantly be going at him about what about this, what about that, you know, is there any possibility of an ethics violation here, so on and so forth. It doesn't strike me that those conversations are happening regularly, because if they were, we wouldn't be having these situations.
3: Libby, I wanted to point something out on the point that Bob just made, and I I have no doubt that he's true, actually. I saw there was a Hill Times piece today recommending Trudeau hire a director of ethics there for his office or something like that. So just imagine, and listen, I don't don't compare Mr. Trudeau to Mr. Trump. They're completely different things. I disagree with Mr. Trudeau, but he's a decent man who's trying to do his best for the most part, Mr. Trump, quite differently. But just imagine if we made the same argument for Mr. Trump. You know? Trump's not Trump, you know, he's having so many ethical violations. We really need to hire somebody in his office to be able to ask him the tough questions. To be able to oh, to be able to push him back and from all totally these ethical that he's had. Thing. We would laugh. We would laugh. It's laughable. Um, it's a laughable suggestion, even though I, I have no doubt that what Bob's suggesting is actually true. But to hear people start to like, well, you know what? He needs more guardrails. He needs more training wheels. He needs more cops in his office, you know, yep. to, to tell him tough, tough, tough messages. It's ridiculous. How about how would the guy at the top realize when he's in the most blatant conflict of interest he's ever seen?
1: Bob, do you think that uh, Murdo is going to have to go?
2: Look, I think he's been a pretty decent uh, finance minister. If you take a look at our uh, how we've done in comparison to other G7 nations, it's you know a pretty much a decent story. Uh, I think he has been. He's worked hard. Uh, I don't know him personally that well, but he's uh, uh, he strikes me as a very decent, uh, thoughtful, hardworking guy. I think that's all good. I think it's just not acceptable to have these sort of situations, though. So at the very uh, least, I think he, he will have to be severely chastised for this. And uh, and it's time for the government to move on. It is a minority government. Uh, your ability to make changes are more limited uh, in these circumstances. So uh, do I ultimately expect him to go? Probably not at the moment.
1: Okay, um, we only have a few seconds left. Jason, is is Morneau going to go? And it certainly sounded like the Prime Minister was throwing him under the bus.
3: I don't know if he's going to go, but he should go. It's, it, can you imagine Bill Morneau standing in the Commons to bring a budget in? Um, you know, the heckling, the, the lack of legitimacy. And I know like it looks like theatre to a lot of people out there, but generally the Finance Minister is the, one of the most well-respected members of the House under both Liberal and Conservative rule. And this guy is not respected amongst his peers anymore. They don't look across the uh, across the aisle and say that guy's sort of got his act together. They look at the guy across the across the aisle and say that guy's completely out of it.
1: Okay, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much, Bob Richardson and Jason Leader. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Libby. Okay, and uh, that's all the time we have for today. I'll be back here tomorrow.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads,